Are you saying you faked with me? Yeah. Now you're single. What do you know about sexual relations? Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? I'm a little worried about being a slut. You're listening to the Come With Us podcast. Talking the good, the kinky, and the ugly. Here are your hosts, Beth and Aaron. Hello, 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 all you sexy holes and poles. Welcome to Come With Us podcast. We know the sexy stuff matters as much as the lovey-dovey stuff, and we're here to help you get all the pleasure you deserve. Today, we've got a very special guest. I love it. I mean, her nickname is Nookie, if that doesn't give you some idea. of This this is a very interesting woman with very interesting stories. I think you're going to find them quite entertaining. She's already made me, like, just drop my mouth in shock and surprise, so it's going to be exciting. Her That's name is Heather Klaus. I know, right? Exactly. It really is. So I'm excited. But yeah, she definitely surprised me with something I'd never heard. So um, so it's Heather Klaus. Her friends call her Nookie. Hopefully that's what we'll be able to do. She is incredibly curious. Her website is my.curiouser.life. Um, she's an entrepreneur, a lover of life, an avid reader, a hiker, cancer survivor, <laughs> traveler, a cook, so much more. And she's got ADHD. And she has written a book called Take No Shit. Take No Shit, all about setting boundaries, which all of us can learn a lot. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. I'm so glad that you are here to join us today. Aaron and I are really looking forward to this. And oh my goodness, you've also got a website that are dating kinky that we're going to talk about too, but so much that you've done, but you're not a licensed therapist. You're a you're a coach like me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that, Wait. I mean, from my perspective, oh. therapy is like, it requires somebody who has the knowledge of like helping you put the pieces back together from your past, right? Like, and I'm not pretending to do that. Mm -hmm. What I'm really good at is ah, okay. looking at who you want to be in the future and those steps to get there. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, so tell me, you didn't just come out of college and decide to be a therapist like some people do. So how the hell did you get from, I don't know, from there to here? <laughs> Let's just dive in. What did you okay, do? Did well, you go to college? You know, what did you study? What? Did, yeah. Uh, okay. So there we go. So um, I went to college, but prior to that, I dropped out of high school and I oh. um, hitchhiked across the country and joined the carnival. <laughs> And oh my then gosh, <laughs> I traveled with the carnival for a season. And uh, then I came back and I went to work in a kitchen and I thought I was going to be a chef for a while. And then I went to school for graphics, art and design and fashion design. And then I dropped out of college because I'd started a business um, teaching people online. This was back in 1996. I wrote a book and I started a business teaching people online all about sewing and fashion design. And uh, I did that for 10 years while wow. I had um, uh, a marriage that ended up being abusive. And so coming out of that, I started looking for ways to like not do that again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, 
zero out of five stars would not recommend uh found another yeah. relationship uh went exactly the opposite uh was bored to tears uh and then i call it bms boring married sex <laughs> yeah yeah and it wasn't you know we didn't get married or anything and he was an amazing human yeah but not adventurous in the ways that I'm adventurous and not really like willing to go out and squeeze the juice out of life. Um, okay. So then, I've only known you a short period of time, right? Like uh -huh. 30 minutes, right? Except that I've been reading about you and started your book, but what are you not adventurous about? <laughs> radishes. Okay. I can, don't I like can radishes. Not adventurous Perfect. there at all. <laughs> I don't there you know. go. Okay. I mean, there's, there's other things. I mean, like there's, I think we all have our hard limits, right? Our non-compromisables. There are certain things that I am just not even interested in. But most of life, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll try it once, twice, maybe even thrice wow. and see how it happens. Just this morning, we were talking in the gym about um, skydiving. I love skydiving. Yeah. Oh, I've, yeah. I've done it twice and I'd like to do it again. You know, Me things too. like that. Me yeah. I, I, I feel like we, um, we have a... A lot in common, quite frankly, not to mention the ADHD, which we're also going to talk about. Oh, but yes. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, this is good. So, And I always wanted to join the circus. Always. Oh, it was, I mean, and so like, I didn't actually, like, I wasn't up class like the circus. I was the carnival, like the, the little, you know, like county fairs and stuff, the people that go to those and set up the rides and run the games and stuff. Oh, wow. And, That's a much harder life even. And honestly, like I was 15 when I joined, I turned 16 in the carnival. I thought this is going to be like a big party, right? Like yeah. this is, you know, I was going to be on the road. I was going to be so cool. I was the youngest. Um, I was the only girl. And I ended up with 22 older brothers. Wow. Having to call my mom every Sunday just to check in. They made me call her before I got a tattoo. And she said, no, like it was like, I had fun, don't get me wrong, but it was not the fun I thought I was going to be having being on the road with like, you know, the wild boys, because the wild boys took it upon themselves to make sure that I didn't come to any harm, <laughs> which wow. was good in retrospect. <laughs> At the time, I was a little disappointed, right? You know, but yeah. now I look oh, back God. and I'm like, you know, I have lived a blessed life because much, much awful things could have happened. Yeah, you could have woken up without like a kidney or yeah. something like that, just randomly. like Without a life. I don't know. They made like, you call your mom. What did your mom think or say when you said, hey, I, I'm joining the carnival. See ya. So it didn't quite happen like that. See, what had happened was... <laughs> um, <laughs> so we had moved, and I ended up in, um, in a new school in Iowa. And all of a sudden, like I was retaking classes I'd already taken. They had no method yeah. for me to step forward. And I was bored to tears. So I started skipping school and hanging out at the public library. And eventually I got kicked out of school because I wasn't there enough. And yeah, um, I was like, okay, this is boring. So let's go adventuring. So a friend and I put our heads together. And we're like, let's hitchhike across the country. So we started doing that. And we ended up in this little town. Why or did you just run away? So I, 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 I ran away. I mean, I didn't mean to run away. I was just bored. Stupid. You yeah. know, like I wasn't, I wasn't like running away from my mother. My yeah, you were trying to get out. Like, but I was yeah, just but... going, looking for adventure. You know? Weren't you terrified hitchhiking? Like, was your friend a boy or a girl? A boy. 
Um, okay. But also, so <laughs> this comes into like mental health and stuff. So I, uh, I was diagnosed some years ago with ASPD, um, which these days I would probably be put more into the EDD empathy deficit disorder category. So like the same sort of uh, range as like sociopaths and psychopaths. I don't have mm-hmm. natural empathy. Wow. So I also did not have healthy fear reactions to things. <laughs> yes. Okay. That makes sense. Cause I, <laughs> you're, cause you're smart and yeah, for a, a young smart or and old. yet yeah. naive, I was definitely yes. naive for okay. sure. Like, yeah. but again, led a charmed life. No harm came to me. Not good. Not good. Um, we ended up in a town. In fact, the town that I used to live in. And he met my best friend in that town and they got all Twitter pated and, oh, I love you. I love you too. And I'm like, oh, this is boring. You know, like I wanted to be adventurous. Like I wanted to be traveling. I didn't want to be like sitting watching these two smooch. So the carnival had come to town and I'd known some of them for years because we'd gone to the carnival in that town for years, right? Like, and they knew my mom because she had taken me to the carnival for years. And so I'm like, hey, I'm taking off with y'all. And then they said, well, you have to call your mom. And that was like, oh, God, I've got to call my mom. And so my mom had been like this super creative artistic personality who had gotten adopted into like a very type A science rigid household. And so she had kind of installed in me like independence 301 and um, radical creativity 2.7 and be yourself, you know, 7.3. And so our negotiation was I called her every Sunday to make sure, you know, let her know I'm not dead yet. (laughs) And then, um, you know, she didn't send the police after me. So was that the first time you had talked to your mom since you left home? Yeah, did which she, is why I was like, "Ooh, this is not fun." <laughs> did, did she have the cops looking for you where you were supposed to be living in Iowa? I was, yes. So she did call the cops. She didn't just like look and like, "Oh, my daughter's right," gone. but oh, she well, didn't send I'm them sure she's after out there me. Just fine. Uh, like once, once we negotiated, she did not send them after me. She did, but like, how long were you gone before you spoke? Like, how many days were you away from home without your mom knowing where you were and yeah. where you disappeared to? Before you talk to her, maybe a month. <gasps> Holy shit! So she yeah. just assumed you're dead. Well, no, mm. actually, my mother, knowing me, assumed that I'd done something exactly like what I'd done. Like I'd never done it before. Holy but crap! No she way. was definitely yeah. not taken by surprise. No Aaron way. is very glad he doesn't have children right now. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know because I would. If <laughs> I my, also if I had a child that ever tried to pull that. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't. I wouldn't. They wouldn't be alive. Like, yeah. I know. My, like I said, I also do not have children. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, mean, I, I don't need to pass this genetic. Everybody in my generation and my family. So I was always like the almost adult that yeah. had to look after them. So like when all Me the too. adults wanted to go and have fun and stuff, they're like, oh, just leave Aaron in charge. So like. I look at my little sister who's 10 years younger than me. I mean, she's a grown woman, but last summer she was like, all right, uh, I'm going to go back to Europe this time, but I'm going to go by myself. I'm going to be gone for two and a half months. I'm just going to figure it out as I go. And I was like, the fuck you are. (laughs) Uh, 
And so it took a, a talk between me and her, and I and we came to this agreement. You get taken while you're there. I will hunt you down. I will take you back, and then I will bring you to the States and kill you myself. And she was like, all right, that's fair. I was like, and so, like, yeah, no, I, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I remember being a kid and telling my parents, I'm, gonna, I'm not happy. I'm going to run away. And they were like, cool, I'll help you pack. Yeah. And they would call my bluff. And so there were times where I would just disappear for, like, two hours and then realize I'm hungry and go back home. But, yeah, and I see, I never threatened anything like that. Yeah, yeah. that's the crazy, like, why oh would I? God. Just dis like having a child that you think is eh, probably bored at school, you know, having trouble, but not out of like, oh, you're a troublemaker. You're just kind of, there's nothing for you. And then just going, oh, well, she's gone for a month. Fuck it. You know, she's 15 and she'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, I mean, looking back at the time, it all made so much sense. To yes, me. I do know that feeling. You know, yeah. and looking back, I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> Wow. And yeah. yet, for me, it was the the norm, perfect like Ernie. set of events. Like again, my life has been incredibly charmed and blessed, and I have done amazing things. And sometimes I even forget all the things I've done, and then they come up, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did that. That was so cool." <laughs> so, what can you? Did you see any or remember any crazy stories from your carnival times? And, and so, then we're going to move on because we're clearly we could get bogged down in these weeds. Yeah. One of my favorite things was, um, well, there were two two parts to this. So one of it was whenever I ran the rides or, or ran the, not the rides, the games, whenever I ran the games, I would help set up and tear down the rides. And then I ran the games during the day. And whenever I would run the games, um, I got a cut of however much, you know, I sold. And so like the boys, the townies, as we called them, would like to hang around because, you know, 15, 16 year old girl, you know, whatever. And so I got really wise really quickly. And I was like, oh, you can't hang out here. My boss will get upset with me unless you're playing the game. <laughs> so they did. And so whenever anyone would ask me out, uh-huh. Um, I would say, okay, well, you have to check with Marshall first. And Marshall was kind of like my designated older brother. And he would sort of like set things up. And then when the townie came to pick me up to take me on a date, he would end up being surrounded by 10, 15 <laughs> carnies demanding the ID, writing down the license plate number, giving them a curfew, telling them they had to get me back on time. You know, you better take good care of her. And I'm just like, guys. Oh, oh I love that. Given how, you know, carnies don't have a great reputation generally. Oh, so for I good love. reason. Oh, okay. For a very good reason. They, there's a difference between one of us yeah. and townies. I Absolutely. learned a lot, a lot, a lot about um, sexism yeah. and um, what's what's a good word? Well, just using people for things and manipulation and so on and so forth because, you know, yeah. they would get their daily money. They would yeah. go spend it on food, beer, and drugs. And then yeah. they would go party with the townies. And then they would say awful things. About those girls pointing out, but not you. You're one of us. Wow. Right? Like, so, and it, and like, I learned a lot about yeah. in group and out group behavior without even meaning to. Yeah. At that you time. could probably make a killing as a cam um, performance artist, right? Because you learned the trick of 
keeping people entertained and letting them spend money on you, right? And <gasps> yeah, um, and the the perfect. challenge is once I learned about my EDD, mm -hmm. um, I I I kind of had like this this epiphany. And it was like, okay, so I'm on the sociopathic, psychopathic scale. What are my priorities? They wanted to put me on antipsychotics and therapy like every week, right? Because apparently I'm a danger to society. Wow. And I said, no, thank you. I'd been reading a lot about um, brain plasticity. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, what are my priorities? And I said, my priorities are finding connection with other humans. Okay. And so- I started really focusing in on that. And I realized that it actually hinders me in some areas. Like I couldn't do camming because I care about each of those people yeah. so much that like, it's hard for me to take people's money. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. like, that was, that was a boundary that I mm -hmm. had to learn to start setting around the value that I offer. Because wow. I was just giving away my mentoring and my answers and so on and so forth so much. I wrote in the past, I don't know, maybe five years or so, I've written over a thousand blogs, like all about like, you know, relationships and stuff. And I've talked to people about them and I've answered questions privately and I've mentored people for free and whatever. And I was like, I need to create a life out of this that's more you know, yeah. works more for me. Yeah, right. It's a two-way street. And it that's, is. Uh, yes. It really, really is. That's good. Okay. Well, I like the fact that so boundaries became sort of something. I like that, that you took something that others might have seen as, oh, crippling even, mm -hmm. and turned it into one of the things that gives you the strength and, yeah, brought you and brought the world some better things. So, yeah, right. it's, it's done some really amazing things for me to be what we call neurodivergent or neuro spicy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I can, I like spicy. All right. So you did the carny, then you started, you went to school, you're sewing, whatever. So again, how do you go from there to sex stuff? So I had this idea of like, so I wanted to connect with people. Right. And in my marriage, aside from the abuse and his, his mental illness, which was not known to him, but he had been diagnosed and his mother had told me about it after the fact. And I was like, oh yeah, that's oh. very helpful. Thank you so much. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I realized like a big part of us, this was my thoughts at the time, was that we were not connecting intimately. Mm. Like, And I desperately craved that intimate connection. Like I wanted to have sex with my partner. I wanted to be desired by my partner. I wanted mm -hmm. to try adventurous things with my partner. Like there were so many things that I felt like I was missing in a relationship mm -hmm. that ultimately lasted 15 years of my life. So oh. I had just turned 34 when it ended. I had been in that relationship since I was 19. Like this is a big portion yeah. of my life. And um, a lot of it near the end, a lot of the emotional abuse was slut shaming, accusing me of cheating on him, which did not happen. Um, and all sorts of things. And I was just like, this sucks. And yeah. so <laughs> I had this idea to create um, 
an app called Nookie Notes, which would be like little love notes and cards that, you know, people could send to one another and share Uh and to help like kind of keep the passion fires burning and stuff. And um, I love that. I got some investors and we did the things. And just as it started making money, they cut me out. Oh, damn. And I lost everything. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. That's a whole separate story. Yeah. I don't know how they cut you out. That's awful, though. Um, So then I decided, okay, I'm going to figure things out. I'm going to do other things. Um, I got involved in, you know, various, I mean, I was, I was already sort of like stepping my toes in more, um, alternative lifestyle stuff. I'd been doing that a bit when I was younger in New York city and I started doing it more as an adult and I really enjoyed the people I was meeting and the adventure and experiences that I was having. Um, and so I started really writing and digging into, you know, my thoughts in those areas for that community. Okay. And, um, you, yeah, I found you a home mostly there. like BDSM community versus well, BDSM and non-monogamy. Non-monogamy. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Like well, sort of a like big container. Okay. Yeah. Big, big container there. Sort of anything outside the norm when it comes to love, sex and romance. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so yeah, and uh, I just sort of stepped in and said, okay, you know, while I'm going through all this, I'm gonna, I'm never gonna go without adventure in my life again. And this yeah. is another type of adventure. Let's see where this takes us. And I have met amazing people. I have traveled the world. I have educated. Um, I have learned. I have, you know, just my life is so amazingly fulfilled and full of adventure. And I would not say, so like, let's be clear. I would not say I am the queen of kink. There are so many things I look at and I'm like, holy fudge balls. Like (laughs) I am not tall enough to ride that ride. Mm -mm. Like, right. And there's a lot of things like, you know, hypnosis or behavior modification or, you know, yeah. like power dynamics and like kinky fun play and stuff like that. I am totally into all of that with with the right partner or partners, right? Like that's yes. kind of so yep. and also I'm with you. I don't feel a lot of shame. I wasn't raised with shame. My parents like never shamed me. Um which is both good and bad. I was not awesome ready for shame in my marriage. Mm-hmm. So like I had no defenses against it either. Yeah. Like I what's this That's thing? Awesome. Like he must actually love me. I mean, he says he loves me, so he must actually mean the best for me when he says these things, right? Like this yeah. is not like manipulation. What's manipulation? I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, was I wonder if that's scared. tied to the that lack of empathy too. Is that lack? Of oh, shame. definitely, definitely yeah. a big that's part. That's kind of, of that. a that's a blessing. Wow. Yeah, definitely a big part of that. And I then, like that. Um, but I don't have shame. Like I feel like consenting adults. Mm-hmm. Ought to be able to do what they want to do with each other as long as they are, they can hurt yeah. each other, but they cannot harm each other and have it still be ethical. And that's really, you know, the container in which I live my life. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So what, what did you start teaching on? What was your, like, how did you begin? Like I teach blowjob classes and kind of <laughs> classes, like. 
I'm very proud of my blowjob classes, to be fair. Um, Prostate pleasure classes. Yeah. So I've written books on butt stuff, um, but also on like femdom, on creating loving and powerful dynamics, on behavior modification. I like to call it toilet paper bondage in the sense that, you know, behavior modification takes time and a lot of layers, right? Yeah. So the first layer of toilet paper, you're e- you can get out of that really easily. But once you've built up all of those different layers and um, ways of uh, positively and, and negatively reinforcing things, you can't break free. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm really into the psychological aspects of how we engage with other humans. Because yep. of course, I'm coming at this Again, in group, out group, I'm coming at this from an outsider's perspective. Mm -hmm. This was never natural to me. Like, I don't have that kind of empathy. So, like, people who are like, I've always gotten along with everybody, they often take in socializing that ends up being harmful to them in the long run. (laughs) Yes, me, 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 me. (laughs) Yes. And I'm looking at that from the outside saying, why isn't this working? Why does this seem so weird? Oh, Let's turn this around and make it good for everybody in the equation, right? Instead of only the people who like feel their way through navigating this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's very cool. How do you think that ADHD affects, like, I think that perhaps um, ADHD is why maybe I like the BDSM is because I just need more stimulation. Uh Right. Right. But what have you found? How do you find the ADHD affects things? So interesting story. So ADHD has been a part of my life. I mean, obviously, you know, I quit high school because I was bored. I couldn't focus, right? Like that's yeah. that's huge, right? Like that's super obvious. Um, lists have been a huge part of my life, you know, just. Uh-huh. But interesting fact. Yes, I think kink. I've always said kink is like the people who are looking for more out of life. We end Mm -hmm. up with a lot of neurodiversity in kinky and alternative communities because that basic life of this is how you do it step-by-step doesn't fit. Right. Right. So we're looking for more. And fun fact, I'd always essentially manage my ADHD through all of my entrepreneurial stuff and whatever, but... Once I hit like that, you know, after 30, starting to like lose the hormones and so on and so forth, my ADHD started going wild. Yes. Mine is so much worse than ever. It's a part of aging. So especially for for fem-bodied folks or AFABs, once you start into that like perimenopause and peri-perimenopause, like pre-perimenopause, as your hormones start going down, you start losing your ability to focus well. And um, I recently, uh, last year in December, I started a series of four surgeries over nine months. Um, I had the BRCA1 genetic mutation. So I got my baby factory completely removed. And I had a double mastectomy and reconstruction. And they took out all my hormone makers. And my brain started going, I couldn't organize, like so many things, so many things. When I got on HRT as a function of that, all of a sudden, my brain started functioning again in 
the ADHD realm. Like I still have it, but mm -hmm. not, it's not going crazy the way oh. it was. Yeah. So and that's, so that's I guess huge. most, a large part of our audience is male and I know it's, it's just hard for them. And it, it, sometimes they, it, it feels like people are saying that hormonal changes, you know, that that's, oh, it, we should just be able to ignore it or overcome it, or we're just whining and stuff. But the fact is, is that it does have a huge effect. And my gynecologist told me that, yeah, it does, but they pretend, you know, they pretend everything is rational, which actually makes them much less rational. This is my theory. So you know, I agree. Right, I agree. There's definitely know. there's definitely that aspect to things. Right. We just let things show, you know, hang out more. But my gynecologist did tell me that the lack of estrogen in a brain actually mm -hmm. does cause problems because our brains are so used to having it. So um, that helps me a lot. Testosterone, like it's right. huge. All the I, different yeah, things. I thought I was just getting stupid. And um, anyway, so it's a problem. So people just be kind. <laughs> we still have a lot to offer. We just offer different ways, I think. So, yeah. Um, but so then, um, but then how do you think in your, in, when it comes to like sexy stuff, how does ADHD, like for me, it means sometimes I can say the wrong thing. Mm, um, yeah. I, I have not the had wrong name. <laughs> I've not had so much that issue for me. A big part of it was when I met my now partner, um, who, I mean, I call him my sun, moon, and stars. Like he is Aww. the most amazing human yeah. I've ever met. I really didn't want to fuck that up. Like mm -hmm. really, really. And so, um, we talk about me being the thinker and he's the feeler. <laughs> Uh -huh. And, yeah. you know, his love languages are, you know, words of affirmation and touch and mine are quality time and gifts. So we, you know, we're a little different. Okay. And so for the words of affirmation, I literally put like random reminders in my calendar to remind me to tell him how much I appreciate him. I love that. Because love otherwise that. my ADHD, like six weeks could go by and I wouldn't even now it's habitual. Yes. But one day okay. I'm sitting here like just hanging out and I look over and he's sitting in a chair over there and I'm just like, wow, he's really hot. So I say to him, I say, Hey baby. And he <laughs> says, yes. I said, have I told you lately how much I love you? And he looks at me, he's like, did your calendar alarm just go off? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do that anymore. Like now I'm in the habit. And he's like, sure. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even care. The fact that somebody would make that a priority. Oh, yeah. By making it happen. That I think is huge. And so, yeah, listeners, again, if you're learning anything, it's that find workarounds. Yep. It's yep. not cheating. It's just helping. <laughs> Those are totally allowed. So, well, um, just from a guy's perspective, even if you're like, if, if your love language, there are guys who probably go, oh, my love language isn't that, or they will take the little test quiz and it doesn't come out as that. As a guy, we get complimented so infrequently once we hit adulthood. Right. That any any relationship and whether whether you're you know married dating whatever if you look at your guy and you pay him a compliment even what yeah once a week maybe anything. like uh i was reading uh a, you know uh so i uh, read it recently and a woman posted hey, guys what do you think got what do you think women should know that they don't about just guys mm -hmm. in general and so everything was you know taken with a grain of salt because i don't speak for all men 
But one guy point, pointed out, we'll still remember a compliment for 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And when we think about it, it'll make us smile. And I started thinking about that. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Anytime I've gotten a compliment, it, stick, it sticks with me because they're yeah. for guys, they're few and far between. Very good. So having that uh, from the female perspective, having that ability, even if that's not your partner's love language to just every once in a while, Hey, your ass looks good in those jeans. Hey, you look good with your hair, with your hair gelled or, you know, with those glasses on whatever. Right. It just has to be small affirmations for them. Right. Uh, And again, the Gottman's who have done more research into relationships and marriages and stuff. They say you need five positive Five positive interactions for every one negative for a healthy, happy, lasting relationship. So, so I have thoughts on that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go for it. Go ahead. Yeah, we're going to have to wrap thoughts, up this actually. episode in a, in a little bit, but let's, yeah, yeah let's throw it out there. The please. first one, the first thought is I firm, so my, my ex-husband, um, he believed, and I think there's a lot of people out there that believe this, that every time you give a compliment, especially to a partner, you're giving away some of your power. And I believe it's the opposite. I believe the more you can make someone feel good, the more powerful your relationship is. So there's that. Yeah, I'd say it's also, if you're insecure, you don't compliment others. That is so true. The more confident you are, the more able and willing and generous you are with your compliments. Yes, 100%. And it's so freeing and authentic to be able to say something when you mean it. Right. Yes. Like you just look at somebody, you're like, I am like, I mean, I can just say to the two of you right now, I am really enjoying this conversation. So like, I got this you. is Thank fun, you. right? Like yeah. this is just, this is a good time. Thank you so much. Um, the five to one, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that and I, I know where they're coming from and I get it. Cause they also said that if it's more than 13 positive to one, then people start feeling like this can't be real. There's gotta be a catch somewhere or whatever. But I have problems with that, like serious issues with that. Really? Why? Because for me, like I think about, okay, positive to negative interactions. If you say 13 to one, like, let's just say, let's take the most that they say you can do. And let's Mm -hmm. just break that out into like days. So for 13 days, you have positive interactions and then one day every two weeks, you're cranking at each other. Like to me, that doesn't seem like no, enough. I don't think, I, I think they're talking about um, even the smallest interactions, which could be. absolutely. So it's, like, it's more on a daily basis. Even. I'm thinking like, okay, so my partner and I have hundreds of positive interactions to every tiny misunderstanding or crank or whatever. I mean, like there are months that go by that we are constantly in love and complimenting each other and patting each other on the bottom and whatever. And in there, we might have two or three, like, where did you put my keys? Or, you know, hey, could you load the dishwasher because I cooked last night or whatever. Uh And we argue maybe twice a year. That's awesome. Like, so, and I'm like, I just feel like people are like, well, I just want a relationship where the positive outweighs the negative. And I'm like, by how much? Like, let's really think about what's possible and look at like how we develop our relationships to 
focus in on making the best possible lives for ourselves and each other. So yeah. I, 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 and yeah. I believe, I believe that they are doing good work because I think a mm -hmm. lot of people have a problem with even getting five positive interactions for every, you know, controlling interaction, or there's a lot of like, if you look at sitcoms, like they're always poking at each other in like really kind of negative right. ways. And then there's the laugh track. <laughs> I know. And we've been socialized yeah. so ineffectively for things like that. Yeah. And I think that what happens, I mean, I think what you and your partner have is beautiful. And yes, everybody, I mean, it'd be great if everybody could have that. But I think what happens so often and what I was thinking that they were also referring to was that when that a little bit of apathy sets in, where people are inter interacting on a daily basis, but maybe it's not even positive or negative. It's just like neutral. It's, it's just like flat, and to me, that, neutral is like, is, what is it? Anthony Robbins says, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. Like, to me, neutral, purely neutral is not positive, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, yeah. And, and I think that this is part of the issue because we, like, we say apathy is okay, right? Like, you've everybody's got life, but is it okay? Like, is that how you want to, like, is that your goal? I want to live my life so that life can definitely bust in and fudge up our, you know, things. We can totally, you know, just be roommates. Right. While right. Our relationship stressed. doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, I I'm, so I believe that a successful relationship is two people who get far more out of the relationship than they put in. So like the things that I do, are easy for me to tell him like how amazing he is and they yeah. fill him up to a greater percentage than the effort it took me to say that and yeah. vice versa right yep. so that we can consistently fill each other to overflowing because life is going to drain us mm -hmm. yeah it's the sum is greater than the 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 individual i forgot whatever that quote is but yeah the sum is greater than the parts yeah definitely yes. for and, sure right i think that definitely um that is, we should be better. We should be better because of our relationships, not neutral, yeah. not worse, not less confident, more confident. And if uh, a relationship yeah. is treading water, as soon as life hits you, it's mm -hmm. going to go into the negative. So you have to consistently focus in on how do we build positivity together? Because yeah. when that hits the negative and you've got two people you're trying to keep afloat while you're cranking at each other, that is hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's very true. Very true. Okay. Well, listen, we're going to have to wrap up this episode so much more, but I'm dying to hear more ab about your book. Well, we didn't even really touch on that. So we're going to talk about your yep. book, Take No Shit. Um, but before we go today, will you tell people where they can find you, where you want them to track you down and learn all about you and find your book? Right now, everything is at my.curiouser.life. You can find links to our socials there. You can find videos. You can find links to the book to purchase. You can find links to my workshop. You can find links to my coaching. You can um, find links to podcasts like this when they come out and, you know, see me talking about this from like a bazillion different perspectives. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And if you're, yeah, for, um, 
These will be in the show notes. Um, and if you're watching, then you can see it on our video. Aaron's put it up there. Thank you very much. So again, all right, Heather, and I said Klaus, I don't know. I like, I gave it a very German, but is it more like Claus, like just Santa Claus or is it Klaus? Yeah, it's just like Claus. However, Claus. you know, like it used to be Klaus and then we okay. moved over to America and, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know where. So anyway, so Heather Claus, <laughs> Ms. Heather Claus. Um, also known as Nookie, which I love. And um, so thank you so much for being with us today. This is really interesting. I just, I love your journey and can't wait. We'll talk more about everything else um, in the next episode. So everybody come, come back, come with us all the time. Come, 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 come always. Right. Just keep so, much coming. Coming. so much coming. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. Thank you everyone for uh, joining us for come with us podcast where you get the bare naked truth about love, sex and relationships and even the carnival here. Big hugs and love. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Come With Us podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Come With Us podcast and send in your questions, comments, and confessions to comewithusconfessions at gmail.com. Until next time, keep it fun, flirty, and naughty.